podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Joe Pugh for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast here at Camden. You're on the IFL, boy. I am now, I'm the new one. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Sir. He does this, doesn't he, Coogan? Look, standing over you. Is this like... Supervisor, the line manager. You okay, is your bum gone? <laughs> nah, it's all right. That's no, all right. Just feel like Frank Smith about yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Look, he's done all right. He certainly has. Right, let's get to it then. Big fight week is start a fight with Dillian White versus Jermaine Franklin. The big comeback for Dillian. Ovo, Wembley Arena. Talk to me about the fight. It's a great fight. I mean, a lot of people just presume that it's a straightforward return for Dillian White. Jermaine Franklin has a fantastic team of trainers. He's 21 and he's got Dimitri Salita here to the right. He knows about how good this guy is. Jermaine Franklin is one shot away from catapulting himself into the big time. It's a very dangerous fight for Dillian White. There's a lot of pressure on this fight. He's coming off a knockout defeat and he wants to put himself right back in the mix for the world heavyweight title. So it's a tremendous card from top to bottom, but a very big fight in the career of, of Dillian White on Saturday night. Do you feel like a lot of people are writing off Dillian after the Tyson Fury defeat? He kind of, he underwhelmed at Wembley. I think he'd kick himself for that performance, but then again, Tyson Fury's an outstanding heavyweight, so I think more is about the pressure of this fight. He's teamed up with Buddy McGirt, but he's expected to win this fight well, and Franklin's no mug. You know, if Franklin gets it right on the night, it's, it's whether he can handle the occasion, you know, the big fight feels. It's going to be a very, very difficult fight for Dillian White. Dillian White's got a new trainer, all the pressure's on, and he's got to look good. I, I favour him in this fight, of course. But it's a very, very good heavyweight fight. Franklin's never been beaten. You know, and they're all here. They, they think they're one fight away, one punch away from landing an AJ fight. And if Jermaine Franklin wins on Saturday night, he's a massive front runner to fight Anthony Joshua next. So he, he could make a fortune. So he's, he's here to win. Do you think Dillian needed to change it up in camp? He come, the whole team come under, come under a lot of criticism, kind of coming out southpaw. He didn't really put it on Tyson Fury as he said he would. Do you think the freshen up, Buddy McGirt, experienced trainer out in the States, could do him well? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, sometimes you have to freshen things up. Dillian's a very loyal guy. He had a very good team before, but sometimes you need a different look when you talk about training team. And Buddy McGirt is a very, very experienced trainer. He's a great head on his shoulder. And this is like the last phase of Dillian White's career. So he has to get this right now. And you team up with Buddy McGirt, really, you can't go wrong. You know, and he makes, again, the commitment of going to LA. You know, he's been out in Portugal for a long, long time. Now he's gone to LA. He takes himself away. He makes the sacrifices. He gives it everything. He looks great. And I think the team up with Buddy McGirt is going to put him in great stead for Saturday night. We know you've always had Dillian on a fight-by-fight -fight basis. And after the Fury fight, there was a few rumours may team up with Sky and Boxer. How important was it for Matchroom and DAZN, more importantly, to get him on the platform? Yeah, look, when you talk about um, names in British boxing, Dillian White is right up there. He's top three, top four. Um, and we've worked with him for a long time. We lost the purse bid for the Fury fight but we wanted to make sure that he worked with us again. Everybody tried to sign him, we won the race, and we want to continue that and we want to move forward now to get him a shot at the heavyweight world title again. I don't feel like he did himself justice with that shot, and this is a very important fight for his career. So we go back a long way, we have a lot of mutual respect, we've always done things right by each other, and looking forward to seeing him back under the matron banner and making his DAZN debut on Saturday night. We know DAZN signed the long-term contract with AJ. Is that kind of the plan now to make that massive domestic stadium fight? Yeah, that's a, a must-make fight for 2023 and the first half of 2023, providing Dillian wins on Saturday. Like I said, Franklin 
wants to uh, gate crash that party. So we've got to make sure that um, Dillian White gets the win on Saturday. AJ's going to be watching this fight closely. He wants to fight Dillian White again, and that's a natural stadium fight for 2023. With Tank Garcia being made with Showtime, the zone, so, so it looks like, does that put you under more pressure to deliver on your end of the zone? Oh, I mean, we've been delivering with Canelo Alvarez and loads of big fights. The zone's in a great position at the moment, particularly in America. Great news uh, that Javonta Davis will be on the zone with Showtime, and, and obviously Floyd Mayweather was just on the zone as well. So we're in a great position at the moment. Another big fight on Saturday night. Got Estrada Chocolatito next week. You've got Josh Warrington the week after. So we're in a great position. I think boxing's under pressure to keep making great fights. And you know, we haven't seen Garcia Tank yet. They've still got to have a fight first. But hopefully that gets... Uh, made or happens for April and we're all under pressure to make good fights we don't want to see people rely on YouTube fights I know it's got their own market and everything but we want to make great boxing fights and, and that is a great fight and well done to everyone that made it How much are you going to push Maxi Hughes for the interim fight between the tank fight? Yeah, I've already done it, I mean, I've been pushing Maxi Hughes so hard with Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia um, but at the same time you know They've got, they're going to want to take the right fight to prepare him for Javonta Davis. Hopefully, they feel that Ryan Garcia ticked, uh, Maxi ticks those boxes and we've already put a call in and we'll see who they choose. Do you think we could hear a decision from that by the end of the year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're talking about fighting in January, aren't they, I think? Sort of mid-end of January for Ryan Garcia, so we'll see who he chooses. All right, coming back to the card then. Big card, obviously, fantastic British heavyweight title fight between Nathan Gorman and Fabio Wardley. For you, how important is it to get these British title fights and the big domestic dust-ups on these cards? So important. I mean, this is such a good card on Saturday night. For me, I said to our matchmaker, Tom Dallas, like, Wardley against Gorman is exactly the kind of fights we should be making. A lot of the times you see us bring over a foreign name, which is good, but when you can make a big domestic British fight, everything changes. And at the same time, you see that change with Wardley Gorman. 50-50 fight, British heavyweight title fight, which is one of the most important belts domestically in boxing. Great fight. And I want to sit down excited to watch a fight. And that's the kind of fight that I sit down very excited to watch. I think one that's going under the radar is Richard Belotniks. It's kind of, we know Belotniks always comes. And for a comeback fight after the Boatsy fight, it's going to chuck him right in there after a win, isn't it, Richards? It's going under the radar a little bit because there's so many big fights on the card. Richard Belotniks could headline on its own. Brilliant fight. You see Craig, you know, his, his defeat to Dimitri Bivol looks better and better than at every fight now. But the Boatsy fight was a great fight. And Belotniks had a great fight with Boatsy. He don't stop coming forward. Craig's going to have to really bite down on the gum shield there he can put a good performance in there get back on world level quickly it's a very ballsy fight to take from Craig Richards but I expect another thrilling fight there what is going on with Joshua Platzi we haven't seen him in the ring since the Richards fight surely we've got to get him out as early as possible next year we want to I mean you know he's he kind of treading water a little bit after um, turning down the the Bivol fight obviously then the mandatory got called but there is a chance that that Bivol fight could be next you know, I feel like um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Bivol does next with Canelo Alvarez potentially having a smaller fight in May and looking to fight Bivol in September. Then you've got the undisputed fight. You know, Bertabiev's going to fight Yard. Then he'll probably have uh, time off for Ramadan. And when will he be ready to fight? So we've all got to sort our, our stuff out there and uh, see what's next. 
you was fairly critical of Anthony Yard for waiting for that better be a fight. It's important that the same thing don't happen. I've seen the, the famous clip that always goes out. That clip was back in March or April, you know, and ultimately it's going to be a year of waiting. I just felt like Boatsy and Yard could have happened now or in the summer, and then he could have fought for Yard. So it's not that when's that fight going to take place. It took a year over a year for that type of fight but I'm glad he's got the opportunity it's a good fight um, and listen I hope Anthony Yard wins the fight but you've got Boatsy you've got Callum Smith everyone's treading water waiting for that big world title fight and it's very difficult just with two champions in certainly the UK side of things it's a packed end of the year four televised fight nights over three days this weekend what sort of crowd are we expecting in Wembley on Saturday night we have about 6,000 in there so it's very difficult at the moment you know the next week You've got Chisora Fury, which is obviously a big fight, and they're struggling bad on tickets. Obviously, you've got Parker Ryder. I don't know that's done at the O2. You've got Friday night boxing on Channel 5. You've got Sunday night Alexandra Palace. It's, it's very difficult at the moment. And, you know, your next question is probably going to be about the pay-per-view price. The answer is times are hard at the moment. You've got to give more value than ever to the customer. You know, if you're asking them to put their hand in their pocket for tickets, for pay-per-view, for merchandise, for equipment, whatever it is. And it's very difficult times at the moment. And, you know, I feel like we've got the best show of the weekend, by far. And I think most people would agree with that. But you've got to deliver value. It's very difficult when there's four shows all in the same city and another one next week where they're probably going to do 30,000 at Tottenham. You know, so it's a lot of tickets in the market. Only 30,000 in Tottenham, we owe it holds a lot more than that. Yeah, no, but I don't think... I don't know whether they're going to open a top tier. I don't know. I mean, it's very difficult, especially in December when it's freezing. 30,000, 40,000, whatever it is, it's still a very good crowd, you know. Um, But it's difficult, you know. You've got to create a compelling event, and you can't do it every week. Not every fight is a gangbuster, you know. What do you think of that pay-per-view price point, then? Do you think it's fair? I get it, because, look... Tyson Fury wants X, right? You've got to find a way to get there, to get him to fight. And I know Tyson Fury kindly wanted to fight Anthony Joshua for free, apparently, but it's 26.95 for the for the uh, Chisora fight. But you can't. You've got to find a way to get the money together, and, and that's the price point they needed to try and hit their numbers. So, kind of Tyson's come out in the past day or so with this new interview, come out on the Queensbury Boxing Channel, and you've been so vocal about Anthony Joshua about wanting activity in the heavyweight certainly that top tier heavyweight division do you think the price tags being put on these names is stopping activity three four fights a year yeah I think also the size of the events and the commercial work that AJ for me AJ should be fighting three times a year every year but because of his commercial responsibilities because of the size of the events sometimes it ends up being two and then with Covid sometimes it was one so we must make sure that 2023 sees him box three times really important and you know activity is key is it difficult though for certainly Anthony Joshua he's always fought in a stadium in the UK certainly since I think 2018 now so it's kind of taking a back step to an arena you're losing out on money really depends what the ticket prices are but you know if if, if AJ's in a big fight every fight will be in a stadium but you know the return might be at the O2 it's been was a fantastic venue for him and it would be a huge fight that would sell out instantly. So, like I said, it all depends on who he fights, but you're going to see many stadium fights for AJ in 2023 and beyond.
just picking up on that interview with Tyson Fury that got released yesterday. I know it was uh, filmed a few weeks ago, but he called AJ a coward. He said that is not the glamour fight in the division, and kind of he don't want that fight. He's saying now. And then, what, two or three days ago, he said he couldn't retire unless he fought AJ, and he needs that fight badly. You're seeing now from the social media responses, people are starting to come into terms with, doesn't really make sense what he's saying. Let him go on. Maybe he fights AJ instead of Usyk. I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, there's a kind of fight, that fight's so big with AJ, that sometimes you just get together and you make the fight instantly, you know? He said that Usyk fight isn't his legacy fight. He said that Wilder was his legacy fight. So if legacy isn't involved, then maybe that AJ fight could come before Usyk? I think Fury, Fury wants legacy. And he knows that the AJ fight is legacy because it's the biggest fight of all time. And despite him maybe saying that he doesn't rate anti-Joshua, he does, and he knows it's a real fight. And we have to see that fight, but you've also got the Usyk fight, got Chisora coming up, but we'll see what happens. I know Coogan uh, went into a lot of detail on Friday about the whole influencer stuff yeah. in Dubai, but then over the weekend we saw it kind of got a bit more crazier in Texas. It went up a notch. What did you make of that kind of street brawl, slapping in the faces, ejection from arenas? Well, you know, I think um, you know, something bad's going to happen. It's not going to be a great look. I mean, if we're talking about influencer boxing and the YouTube generation, a lot of that is the younger generation. And I don't think that, listen, argy-bargy at a press conference is always good to sell a fight. But street fights filmed around a press conference, for me, it's not good because I know that young kids are watching that. And they know these guys. And I don't think it's a good look. But it's wild, you know. And uh, I'm sure KSI Dillian, Dan Dillian Dennis will do good numbers, you know. How important is it for you then, because you've been in the middle of thrown tables with Dillian White, Derek Chisora, how important is it to tread that line very carefully? I, I, you can't say, oh, Eddie wouldn't love that, because I love beef, it sells. But there's a line, I don't want to see people scrapping on the streets, especially kids that, uh, people who are followed by kids and almost looked up to. Like, what you saw there, you don't see in boxing, really, because boxing's different. Boxing's about respect and manners and all the things we try and instill at the grassroots level. Don't mean we can't get two guys coming together. Don't mean I can't do a face-off with him saying I'm going to do this and do that. But you don't fight on the streets. That's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, We're trying to take it to the ring, take it into the gyms, build discipline and respect. And those guys have an obligation to the next generation. They might be more important to guiding the next generation than fighters. And again, People will watch this and say, oh, Eddie's just, because he's not doing YouTube. No, I'm just telling you right now. I don't want my kids watching those kids who they're supposed to look up to and follow on TikTok and Instagram, scrapping on the street, where my kids are at the amateur boxing club and I'm telling them, and the coaches are telling them, violence out on the streets, or that, that doesn't exist. This is where you do your work. This is where you learn. This is a game built off discipline and respect and manners and this is where the fight takes place, you know? So hopefully, you just get a bit crazy. That's I think the sport runs a risk then of that tra transpiring to the ABCs. I know there's been some like fights break out on the amateur scene recently. Like, it's always gonna happen in the sport, just like crowd fights. Sport, again, I go back to the sport. 
the greatest thing about the sport and grassroots is you take your aggression out in the gym, right? It's a sport, it's, it's a family, right? You don't fight on the streets, you don't carry weapons. This is, the, it goes against everything that the club tells you, you know, and grassroots tell you. But these people haven't been through grassroots. And every now and again, you might see a brawl at a press conference, but how often, really, in a professional press conference? Very, very rarely. And every now and again, you'll see it, and we understand it, because there's a lot of testosterone. But then you saw Dubai and there, you saw like four or five fights on the streets, guys wrestling, fighting over cars and stuff like that. I know it sells and everything, but it's just not for me. And again, people might say, oh, it's just because you're not. No, I'm telling you, I don't need to do it. I'm all right, okay? Got a decent business, got enough money. I do it because I love it. And I, I'm at these amateur clubs. I was at a show on Saturday. My daughter was there. And it's not, it's too early to say it's changed her life, but it's had such a positive effect on her life, being in that community, you know? And you don't learn to fight on the streets in a boxing club. But these guys haven't been through the system. They haven't been to local amateur boxing clubs, you know? Last one on the influencer subject then. Global Titans have come out today and said they've made an offer to Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. Where do you stand on that fight? Because it kind of borders the influence. Right. I, listen, I don't... You see the clips of those YouTubers swinging and... Well, that's, John Fury. Yeah, but look, Jake Paul... I don't call Jake Paul really a YouTube boxer. I think he's earned his crust like any pro fighter. He's put the time in, he's decent enough, he's fighting okay opposition, no boxing, etc. And Tommy Fury has been a boxer. I don't see those two as YouTube boxing. I don't really know about global titans and... I, I don't know, I think Tommy Fury's with Frank Warren, it's all a bit confusing. But of course, Frank, Jake Paul's not going to do a fight with global titans because he's going to want to do his own thing, so who knows? But I don't mind Jake Paul. Like, I don't see that as... It's the YouTube stuff that we see... I even Hasim Rahman against that other guy. I watched out for it. It's good, quite entertaining. And it was like a proper fight. But some of the other stuff is so bad. But it's a different audience. And I, th I don't think it should be stopped, by the way. I just think we just got to make sure that it's just... Section it off. Calm down, guys. Calm down. You know what I mean? Because what they're doing, you know, like tipping the hat off and throwing a drink over someone, if they'd done that around real fighters, fuck me, they're going to have a big problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what do you think of John Fury then? John Fury takes his shirt off and says, hold me back. John Fury should have gone through the rope at Jake Paul. We don't want to take his shirt off and say, oh, hold me back. I want to see John Fury go over the rope. No? Do you think that's a stadium fight then, Tommy Fury, Jake Paul, in the UK? Stadium. No, it's a big arena fight, you know what I mean? And it's a 50-50 fight. I hope it gets made. But um, I, don't, I don't call that YouTube boxing. Last couple then. Um, this weekend, Zach Parker versus John Ryder. John Ryder goes over to the Queensbury stable. It's kind of the first fight that you've worked together on that's got over the line. First of all, just to comment on that relationship with yourself, George, Frank, and do you think John's going to go and do the business? Yeah, I think it's a 50-50 fight. I think Zach Parker's a very good fighter. Um, John's boxed at a higher level than Zach Parker, but it's a 50-50 fight, you know. Um, I believe he can do the business We're behind him 100%. And, um, you know, I think he'll be victorious on Saturday. Canelo's come out over the past week and said the operation went well when he's ready to fight in May. Is that a potential option for Canelo, the John Ryder fight? Yeah, we'll be pushing that. You know, he talks about maybe fighting Bivol 
in September instead. We'll have to see. I spoke to Eddie Reynoso a couple of days ago. We're going to speak this week, try and plan out a schedule. But John Ryder would put himself in a great position if he won on Saturday. How confident are you that you can maintain a working relationship with Canelo going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, we, how many fights have we done with him now? Six or seven, you know, we've got a great relationship. He's always going to take the option that appeals to him most and hopefully that's with Matrim. Last one, Callis Allen done an interview yesterday with Boxing Social uh, saying that he still believes the Eubank Jr. Ben fight will happen. He actually says it's bigger than ever with everything that's transpired. Yeah, it is. But we need a resolution, and that, that started now with the WBC. Hopefully we can find a, an opportunity to resolve that and then move forward. But yes, Eubank Ben will happen, will be bigger than it's ever been, but it won't happen until his case has been heard. So even after a ban, are you still confident that that will go ahead? If he receives a ban, which he may not, once you see all the, the information, then once the ban served, we don't have his three months, six months, a year, whatever, he's free to fight. But, you know, hopefully there's no ban and we can move forward with his career ASAP. I think uh, Kala and Chris said that he's not going to boil down to that weight again, the 157. Is that going to be, have to be renegotiated? Yeah, we'll see. There's a long way to go. Let's, let's let him have the hearing first. Excellent. Eddie, thank you very much for speaking to IFL TV. Speak to you again in the week. Sports Social Podcast Network.